Welcome, everyone. Welcome to Play Along Podcast. I'm your host, Jared, and today I'm joined by Kai. Hello. And I'm joined by Ben. Hello. Hey. One of these days I'm going to switch it up and do Ben first, but until then. Also, you sounded surprised that Ben joined. (laughs) Ben? Yeah. And and Ben? (laughs) You're also here. Yeah, Dan Dan had this argument with me from the Bulletin broadcast because I always introduce Greg first just because, like, seniority, Greg's been there longer. Um, and it was just kind of it was just instinct and then in the end dan was like um why am i always second i was like uh well i remember when i used to record with you uh we had that same exact debate and then like i know you said my name first and i was like oh i was like thrown i was like oh god this is not my structure is falling apart (laughs) my whole world my whole world is changing uh but anyways we're playing through ocarina of time and in the last episode we ended right in front of Lord Jabu Jabu, which seems like forever ago, because I feel like this leg of the game is a lot. We go through two whole dungeons and a lot, a lot of narrative, but um, you get inside Lord Jabu Jabu and you do that by uh, putting a fish in front of him, which we, we touched on in the last episode. Um, and then you're inside Lord Jabu Jabu and this dungeon is gross. Oh, I, I hate to do it. If you feel any different, but this, <laughs> this dungeon is just nasty. It's just it's gross. I mean, you you get inside of him and the walls are just this weird, fleshy, again, JPEG, but they're kind of like moving back and forth. It's it's like this weird oscillating flesh. Yeah, you're very, you're very aware that you're inside of a creature the whole time. Yeah, yeah, you're inside of something. But then there's like things that won't make any sense, like crates. Like there's like a barrel somewhere (laughs) and you're like, why is there like just a full, full barrel inside of it looks like a it looks like a magic school bus episode that flew into an infected wound. That's, uh, we're exploring the, yeah. the infected wound of a this. Body. That was this leg. It was really just an episode of the magic school bus. Um, but yeah, you get into this dungeon, and the the big part of this dungeon is uh, pushing these little buttons that are on top of the ceiling and activating levers. Um, but the first thing you do is you run into Ruto, the princess that was swallowed by the whale, and uh, she's just an asshole. We we sure, had yeah. Ben, you had talked about uh, uh, Zelda kind of being off putting in the beginning, and Rudo is just just a thousand times worse. <laughs> oh, a hundred percent, man, a hundred percent. Like I, I think I actually messaged you. Um, yeah, and I was just like, oh man, I take back everything I said about Zelda because you have R- to apologize to her or something. Yeah, Roto's like Roto. She's like so condescending like i thought zelda was condescending in that scene but holy shit no she's something different no she rudo is condescending and just presumptuous the entire time like you meet her and she's like i'm not leaving until we make lord jabu jabu safe i don't need your help and walks away and immediately falls into a (laughs) hole and you're like what are you god damn it what are you doing that's kind of the theme of this leg is like rudo why what are you doing I sent you, I found it, I sent you a picture and it's Roto and she's like looking really angry and she's like, you're late. What took you so long? You're useless. And the message underneath from me says, I know this is horrible, but I've never wanted to punch a child before. Oh yeah. <laughs> Here's a picture. <laughs> she's just yeah, so, she's so infuriating. Like, and so what happens? So you, you jump down the hole after her and then she's like, yeah. you talk to her and you think that, 
she'll be like, oh, okay, you can help me because I fell down this hole. But she's like, no, screw you. I still don't need you. And you have to talk to her like and- two or three times before she'll let you, before she'll let you carry her. She's like, okay, yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll allow you to carry point- me. Yeah, and at that point, she's like, okay, okay, you can help me, but I'm going to sit down, and you're going to carry me over your head throughout this entire dungeon. Um, and, that, and that's what I had referred to in the, in the last episode. I, I didn't have as much trouble in this dungeon that I thought I was going to have. It was a lot easier than I thought, but having to carry Rudo through this entire dungeon is just so frustrating. It's just like, ugh. and then if she gets hit, or if she falls down, she like teleports back to the beginning of the dungeon, and it's just like, I don't want this. Mm-hmm. Why can't I just leave yeah. you here? It's not just like you think, like, yeah, well, you think, I mean, maybe it's like a, maybe I'm thinking like a bit too meta or something, but you think like she, (laughs) she wants you, she wants to help Jabu Jabu and she's like, you can help me. So surely you could just kind of, there would be like a system where she'd be like, oh, there's a switch that when Link stands on, on his own, you like, you know, or you could put her on a switch and she could activate it for you. So you could run through the door. Because there's like one room where you have to, you have to put her on the switch, go in, defeat something. I think you get the compass or something from a chest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And she's on the switch the whole time, allowing you to get in and out of the room. But you have to pick her up yeah. and place her on the switch. It's so, and it's like, I mean, Link. I mean, I guess he got that bracelet where he can pick up heavy things, but just like a full person, just overhead <laughs> carrying this creature. Uh, no, the part that like I, I kind of got stuck on a little bit is is kind of in the beginning after you know she falls down the hole and everything. Uh, you come into a room where there's kind of a large gap between uh, where you're where you're going and where you need to be, and there's a little button in the middle. And when you press the button, the the room fills up with water. And I couldn't figure out that I needed to throw Rudo up to the other ledge and then swim across. I kept putting her down, and she kept drowning in the water and going back <laughs> to the beginning of the game. I was like, "You're a fish. How are you drowning?" Yeah, it did it. It took me a couple of attempts um, because, I mean, like I've, I've said in previous episodes, I'm trying not to to use the walkthrough too much. I'm using it to get heart pieces yeah. and stuff, but I really want to, I really want to get as as realistic as a feel of the puzzles and stuff that I can. Um, right. And I did, I did the same as you. I did the same as you. I had her in the little bit with me, and then I jumped on the button, and she got hit by the water, and she disappeared. And I was like, what? Again, I mean, maybe it's like the kind of water. It's bile. It's, yeah, maybe it's just, just like stomach, stomach acid. <laughs> like their whole their whole species lives in water, so you would think like, hey, she'd be fine. She'd be cool, you know. No, yeah, that's not the case. <laughs> the engineering meeting for this level was like, uh, so like we don't have the GPU to run like both of the characters at the same time. What are we gonna do? And one of them was just like, I don't know, make her useless. And they were like, good idea, good, good plan. Good, good. We'll make her sit on things. Link will carry her. Yes, yes. Yes. Well, she gets lost, actually, because I was just looking through my notes here and I wanted to talk about Big Octo. Um uh, yeah. But she Well so, before uh, you before you jump into before you jump into Big Octo, uh one of the things you get before that is uh the boomerang. Oh yes, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and the boomerang is a really helpful item in this dungeon. Uh, in my notes, I put down it helps you kill the ceiling dicks because <laughs> that's what they are—the mm-hmm. weird fleshy sausage tubes that you have to kill. Yeah, it's weird. You're kind of attacking like these weird tendril, tonsil-looking <sighs> fins that are in separate oh, chambers yeah. of Lord Jabu Jabu. Yes. I, I guess tonsils is a better description that's, than ceiling that's dicks. The I'll... nicest way to describe what they are. <laughs> uh, 
but yeah, the I feel like we're just kind of like beating the shit out of Lord Jabba Jabba on the inside. He's like, no, that that's a good part. Don't don't take that part out. <laughs> yeah. Oh wait, hang on. I completely forgot to to put this in the in the notes on the on the Discord. Okay. But who? I mean, does it come up later? Who wrote the message in the bottle? Because Rotu says that she didn't leave that note in the bottle. I think. Oh man, I actually don't know this. I thought it was her. But there's a lot of plot holes there because if she wrote it saying that she was trapped in the whale, how did she get it out of the whale? We talked about that last time and you said... It's the butthole. Oh, yeah. Send it out. <laughs> <laughs> where everything else gets digested. I'm pretty sure when I was reading... Because I was reading what she was saying and I was pretty sure that she said... Yeah. She was like, what? No, well, I didn't write a note. How did you know I was here? I was like, wait, what? How? And it was in Lake Hillia, which is like quite a distance away from Jabu Jabu. It's a twist. <laughs> They're like, just just ignore that part, you know? <laughs> she's in the whale. We need the way to tell you that she's in the whale. Here's a letter in a bottle. <laughs> yeah, I, I have no idea. Okay. Um, but yeah, you get the boomerang, and you kill the ceiling dicks, and it's all great. And uh, It's really good for those electrical fucking worm fins as well. Yeah, the little... The, the worms or the, like, jellyfish? Oh, both. <laughs> both. Yeah. I know they're so annoying. Like it, it, it sucks getting hit by them too because you like there's a whole animation of you getting electrocuted before like you can move again, like a whole like second or so before you're like, okay, now I can move, and then you get hit by another one and you're just going through those motions. Oh, it's annoying. It's so mm-hmm. annoying because it's not just that. Like you have to put Rotu down, defeat weird electrical worms, pick Rotu back and then up, pick her back up, and it just kind of adds if you, to it. If you are carrying her and she gets hit. You drop her, and then you have to go through the animation of picking her up, and then you get hit by another electric worm. It's like, I don't want to be here. I just want to save this yeah. whale. I don't even doesn't care about she, the whale, actually. Doesn't she, like, make a lot of comments about how Link needs to act like a man if he's going to become a man and all of this sort of shit? I don't remember. I, I, I zoned her out. Yeah, halfway a through. lot of ignoring her. <laughs> oh, okay. But it is interesting that this is a terrible mechanic, but it is something that ended up in, like, 80% of games moving forward. There's yeah. always one of these goddamn levels where it's having to navigate someone through a treacherous situation in which they're completely helpless. Yeah, like, the whole this is like this is like the worst part of like any kind of escort mission where you're like how you have to carry the person that you're escorting instead of just walking with them and trying was, to keep them alive. It's also the basis for most of Dead Rising. Oh, interesting. You don't carry the, the them. First but, Dead Rising. Yeah, you don't carry them, but in the in the first Dead Rising it takes place in the mall and you're playing as Frank. And there's like a little maintenance area, like a safe house mm-hmm. area. And you, as you're traveling through the mall, you'll find other survivors and you have, have to, to rescue them, them and keep them alive and get them to the maintenance area. And there's, there's a fair few. I think there's at least sort of seven or eight of them. Yeah, it's so unnecessary, especially in this part. I mean, and Rudo doesn't even have like health. Like if she gets hit or falls in the water, she immediately goes right back to the beginning of the dungeon. God, yeah. Just jumping down whale orifices. <laughs> yeah, every don't, turn. don't 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 be falling into whale orifices. That's not that doesn't sound like a good time. Yeah. Um, it, but probably more annoying than that, or or equal levels. Ben, you brought it up before, but the mini boss of this dungeon, which is Big Octo. Oh my god. So you go in you go into a room and you see the Zora's Sapphire, which is the, the spiritual stone you need from this dungeon. And Rudo's like, oh, there it is. And she goes to grab grab it, and a platform rises up into the ceiling. 
And as it descends and comes back down, a giant octopus is on there. And, and no Ruto. it jumps out and starts... Yeah, yeah, and no Ruto. And then it starts chasing you around this kind of middle platform. There's spikes around it, and you have to hit the back of it. Oh, it's, it's, it's terrible. <laughs> yeah, so the walkthrough... I, I mean, it makes sense now, but I, I tried to defeat him because I was like, okay, so he has this big green spot on the back of him. So yeah. you kind of put two and two together and you're like, okay, I need to use the boomerang to hit the spot and then maybe he'll go down and you can hit him with the sword and shit. But because the platform, so it's like a circular room and because the platform in the middle is spinning, you have to travel the opposite way so that you can get to the back of him. But it's like, and there's also spikes on the platform. Yeah, so right, if you run too close to the platform, you get smacked with the spikes, and you have to yeah. So I, I couldn't keep up with him. Um, so I looked at the walkthrough, and I was they were like, oh, if you stay as close to the circle as possible without getting hit by the spikes, yeah, it kind of gives you momentum. Yeah, and it's like that a whole kind of. Um, I don't know if either you guys are into into car racing or anything, but like any kind of sport like that, the inside lane you know is yeah, always the, the faster way so right it's just fucking annoying getting hit. I it was I, I think it was more tedious than anything i don't think i get hit by the spikes very often but I it was did. more like i would get close <laughs> <laughs> i did i, did. I would know, get close and then like lose my momentum and then i'd have to keep going it just took me a long time to actually my you know, beat the my main gripe with it was that um so what would happen is i would try and chase him around and obviously mm. you have to Z-target onto him to get him locked right, hit him with and the throw the boomerang. So what would happen is I'd be running in a circle around this platform and I would hear him getting, like, hear the noise getting louder, so I think I'd closer. So I would try and hit the button to Z-target and then the camera would snap to behind Link. But because I wasn't letting go of the movement stick, Link kept moving, which plowed me into the spikes <laughs> because it changed it changed like the trajectory of my running yeah um and that was what was happening as i was trying to lock on too early and it, it took me a, a f longer than i care to admit to realize <laughs> to realize stupid ass spike puzzle uh to realize that i could wait until navi flew off yeah until she goes over to him like you'll see you'll see navi fly over the enemy so you can lock on but if you do yeah. it any sooner than that then you as ben said run straight into space Careed into space yeah. yeah and once once i cottoned on to the to the whole navi flying off situation it became a bit easier but it didn't become any less tedious no um, yeah that, and that's, that's what i was saying like it was just it was just more tedious than anything yeah especially because he likes to sporadically change direction yeah, you'll get really close to him, and then he'll spin around, and then he'll just <laughs> run you over, and you're like, well, I gotta do this all over again. I gotta run in the opposite <laughs> direction again. Yeah, that was that was probably... I wouldn't even say one of... I'd say that's probably the most tedious boss fight I've ever done in a video game. Personally. Yeah, I'm trying to think of if there's any more tedious boss fights in this game, and I, I'm pretty sure there will be. It's, <laughs> it's, 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 <laughs> it's very likely. Um... Uh, so yeah, you defeat uh, the big Octo, and you go onto the platform, uh, and I think you travel through like maybe a room or two, but then you end up, uh, a platform lowers back to the entrance of the dungeon, and you don't have Rudo anymore, so then there's a, there's a button you have to press, but there's crates you can, you can put down, those infamous crates that are randomly inside of this whale. Convenient. Convenient crates. <laughs> Not as weird as the buttons inside of the whale. 
You know, those are just like his, just like pustules that oh. you have to crush oh. to be able to. I can imagine it. if like like pus squirts out every time yeah. you land it on it. I want an no. HD Zelda where that happens. Please, oh, God. Oh, could you imagine though if they like, like an Unreal Engine like five, like <laughs> Ocarina of Time inside Jabu Jabu, just looking like Resident Evil game, just <laughs> awful. Anyway, oh, <laughs> um, but you you get the you get the crates and you put it on the button and you enter the boss of this dungeon, which is. Baronade. Just in bar, 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 Baronade? Oh, barnacle. yes. Yes, barnacle. yes. I don't know how you say his name. He looks like a weird barnacle. Um, I I liked this boss. I think that... Uh, I Well, I think I think he's better than the other two. You know, I think that this third dungeon gave gave you a little more challenge than the other two, kind of giving you a hint of like, okay, these, these bosses and temples are going to get gradually harder and more puzzly as you continue. And I think... Uh, Inside Jabu Jabu was kind of the the, the next step to that, um, but Baronade is this big. I don't even know how to describe it. Like thing, like you said, pustule thing. Like yeah, he's orb. a thing. He's a thing. Yeah, I don't know. He's a weird. He's a weird mass in the middle of this room, and then he has little tentacles that are like connecting him to the ceiling, and essentially he has these electric jellyfish that are that are guarding his middle area and what you have to do is you use the boomerang to to hit his little tentacles down and then the jellyfish will move away from the his little center area and then you kill the jellyfish and slash his little ball um but it was it was it was it was fun like i said i think this is a good like stepping stone to kind of like okay these these bosses are gonna get a little more complicated these dungeons are gonna get a little more puzzly yeah, I I liked I'm not I liked this boss. I liked this boss a lot. Mm-hmm. Um you I had some problems I had some worries as well about the fact that the boomerang was kind of the main weapon of this yeah. jungle of this jungle of this dungeon. Um mm-hmm. given how famously bad Zelda's first person mode is in Ocarina. Yeah, yeah. I mean luckily like when you do Z Target it does kind of like a zoomed out third person, yeah. So it's not terrible, but no, you're right. I mean, but to be honest, I mean, of time in first person never is fun. <laughs> yeah, but but the boss, because of the Z target, and the boss actually was quite fun. You know, you could kind of Z yeah, target no, onto him, and then you could, uh, while locked on, you could jump around and kind of sidestep stuff, and then throw your boomerang and hit the jellyfish, and it, it felt like an actual battle. It felt like an actual, you know, like, okay, yeah, this is an actual boss who's taking advantage and making use of the weapon for this dungeon. Mm -hmm. Um, And it it fit the overall kind of theme of the dungeon well in terms of, like, what the weapon is and stuff. Big, nasty, gross flesh masses is is very much the theme of this dungeon. Oh, yeah, definitely. (laughs) I looked it up. It's uh, described as a bioelectric anemone. So, you know... That's a thing that exists, I guess. Baronade, the bioelectric anemone. Anemone? Anemone. Whatever. Anemone. <laughs> Words are hard. Uh, but you beat Baronade, and you get the you get Zora Sapphire, which Rudo gives to you. And apparently, this this gem, this jewel, is to signify, or or rather to give to the person that you want to marry. So after oh. all of this, after her just being a complete asshole through this dungeon, she's like, now you're going to marry me. And we're going to for- live forever after. I forgot about this because I lost the notes um, 
I know some notepad in the movies in one of the boxes somewhere. I just remembered yeah. as you was talking about this, I had a note that said, Ruto gets strangely sexual question mark. And then, and then, like, she, she like, swims away to, like like show you the jewel and then she like kind of like does this like swim shimmy close to you and you're like no 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 I'm just here to save the world yeah but she does she gets like really close to Link and she's like oh yeah we're gonna get married and you know you know don't act like you don't love me blah 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 and I was like why is this 180 on your character right 180 just extremely bipolar um yeah, I don't know if you looked at, at my notes or, or anything that I have put up, but I said, also, now she wants to marry you. Um, no, bitch. I put a little, <laughs> little uh, no, bitch. <laughs> yeah, and I can also, um, just to jump ahead like a small, small, small bit. Um, yeah, yeah. The, the king, her father, is very... He just doesn't seem to give a shit that you just saved his daughter after she was swamped like, oh, by thanks. this wild deity. <laughs> Right, <laughs> he's like, "Oh yeah, cheers to that, man. Cheers." He was like, "He was like, oh shit, that's right. That's what you were doing. I was wondering where you went." I mean, it takes him like twenty minutes just to scoot over. So I mean, his like his brain probably just doesn't function very well. Oh, <laughs> uh, the I think the term you used last week was meep. Oh, yeah, that's what he does. He just like meep. meep. I imagine if he like overcompensated and like didn't know where the edge was and just kind of like, fell off the side. And, like, just, like, He's like, well, this is where I live now. Oh, um, but yeah, yeah, Rudo's father doesn't seem to care or even remember that her daughter was swallowed by a whale demon. Uh, but after that, now you have all three of these spiritual stones. And Navi's like, hey, maybe you should go to the Temple of Time. I don't know. Oh, there might be something interesting if you go to the Temple of, of Time. time. Well, so I don't that's think I don't think she actually tells you to go to the Temple of Time. I think she tells you to go and see Zelda. Which is near the it's, Temple it's of Time. It's very possible. <laughs> it's possible. There's a lot of... There's, again, I'm going to preface that I've played this game a lot. There's a lot of dialogue skipping that happens. Uh, no, because... Uh, because it, I remember because um, there's that cutscene as you're about to enter right. the town. Correct. So yeah, so the cutscene you're referring to is right as you're about to enter uh, Castle Town and Hyrule Castle. Uh, it, it's interesting because it gets very like dark and ominous. Like it's almost like if if you were there during the day, it like shifts to night all of a sudden. And Impa and Zelda are riding away from the castle with Zelda on on, on horseback, trying to escape from something, running from something. Uh, and as Zelda passes you by, she tosses something that lands in the water, and you turn around, and Ganondorf is standing there on his horse as well. And this is the this is the player's first kind of you know face to face interaction with Ganondorf, and you know Link tries to act like he's all tough, and then he gets knocked out his ass by Ganondorf. <laughs> yeah, like uh, Ganondorf kind of just. I think you. I think he says something about like wanting to get Zelda, and Link pulls out his sword and readies his shield, and Ganondorf just yeah. like uh-huh, no, and kind of flicks his yeah, hand, he, he, and Link goes flying. <laughs> He just like knocks him so, down. A little magic blast. Seems like a lesson. <laughs> My favorite part about just this whole interaction that happened is it, it's like very serious. You know, Zelda and Impa <laughs> are running away from Ganondorf, who is trying to get them to kill them to get like the Triforce piece and everything. Uh, and then you pull out your sword to protect them, and he knocks you down. And after all of this, like very dramatic stuff happens. Just the Hyrule theme like comes right back up, and it's like a bright sunny day. And you're like, cool, I'm gonna rock, rock and do my do my thing. 
Uh, it's yeah. a very big 180 shift because and the mood changes very abruptly. He, I think the reason he attacks you is because he asks you where the princess went. Because he comes through he comes the through about well, sort of yeah. 20 or like 15, 20 seconds after Zelda and Impa. Right. Um, and even though Hyrule Field is this barren place with nothing in it, he still can't see where they've gone, even though he's only about 15 <laughs> he's seconds the same tree assets that are played one of the four trees one of the four trees yeah uh yeah but that's why he attacked link in the first place was because he asked like hey did you see a white horse come by and link just pulls out his sword he's like well i just wanted directions now (laughs) what are you like eight years old calm down get out of here um but you go into the water where zelda had thrown this this mystery object and it is none other than the ocarina of time he said the thing. He said it. He said it. He, he said, said it, everybody. Said <laughs> uh, yeah, it's the Ocarina of Time, which is crucial to... Uh, time it, travel. Well, yes. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, it's crucial to fucking everything. <laughs> to everything. It's funny because like, I, I must have just like forgot about it, and I went into the Temple of Time. I was like, why can't I get in here? And I just ignored... I just forgot to grab the Ocarina of Time altogether. So I had to go back <laughs> to play. He's playing songs with his regular with ass. My, my, my normal ass wood flute, and I'm like, no, that's not good. Well, could you get this weird, not flashback, but it's like, so you, you grab the ocarina and it's almost like Zelda has imbued it with this message that teaches you the son of time. There's like yeah. this kind of weird vision. And then all of a sudden, you know, this song. Yeah. Like Zelda's there and she's like, hey, I'm going to teach this to you through my spiritual mind. Some convenient, uh, some convenient <laughs> expositional plot writing right there. How else would Link know? You'll learn the song when you grab the ocarina. <laughs> it was, it was the essence of Link and Zelda's sure, connection. Sure, sure, sure. Oh, their connection. Back. What connection? Mm. They met for like fucking yeah, ten like minutes in like a garden. Like Twenty minutes ago, <laughs> they had more of a connection with Rudo. She wanted to marry us a second ago. <laughs> you're, right, you're not wrong. You're right. Pretty sure uh, we got peed on by a great fairy at one point in time. That's had true. a lot of connections in this game. A lot of connections <laughs> with that great fairy. Uh, yes. So then you take the ocarina of time yes. to the temple of time. Of time. <laughs> where where do we think this is going? Mm-hmm. Time travel. <laughs> so you you go into the temple of time and you put the three spiritual stones in their space, which opens up the door to none other than the master sword. The yeah, sword to kill all the evil people. Yeah, so this is where I got a little bit confused. And um, I, I, I want to hear you talk about it to see if I can understand okay. what exactly happens. Okay. Because there's, uh, uh, there's a lot of lore that's going to happen right now. So, and it, it doesn't make any sense, just to preface that. It, it's weird. So, Link pulls the sword, the Master Sword, out of its pedestal. And essentially, the, the Master Sword was the key to going into the spiritual realm, realm, um, which is where the Triforce is. But that's exactly what Ganondorf wanted you to do because he needed access to that, to the Triforce, but he couldn't get it because he couldn't move the sword. So now, by doing so, by moving the sword, Ganondorf has taken the Triforce and he is now taking over Hyrule. Um, as as kind of the, the, the character comes back, you meet a new character called Reiru? Ra- Raru? Some old dude. Some old some white old man, guy. Yeah. He, 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 <laughs> some old white dude. He is the Sage of Light. Uh, and he tells you that, yeah, Ganondorf uh, had come into the Sacred Realm and he took the Triforce and he's essentially taken over Hyrule. 
but at your current state, you weren't, you weren't strong enough to beat him as a young kid. But now after a seven-year coma, you are, you are well prepared to fight Ganondorf, which it d- doesn't make any sense to me. Like, well, Robert sealed away. The, he, the only section of the spiritual realm he could protect was the, the, the that chambers that him and Link were in for those seven years. Correct. Yeah. But Link's yes. just unconscious for seven years because he doesn't even realize that he's aged seven years. Yeah, because yeah, they, they said something about how he wasn't ready to be the hero of time. Like his body, because of his age, his body wasn't ready. So they had to wait seven years until he was ready. Yeah, but it's like it's not like he was like training. It wasn't like some like hyperbolic time chamber, Dragon Ball Z training. I was was literally thinking about Vegeta in the fucking chamber. (laughs) Yes, yes. No, it wasn't any of that. It was literally just like, hey, you're gonna you're gonna take a seven year nap and wake up buff like (laughs) barely. So yeah, if if you don't know, that was to say that would make sense because I noticed that kid like if you stop moving. Kid Link yawns a lot, but adult Link, yeah. adult Link never yawns, and it's because of he's the seven-year nap. He got all the sleep he needs. That was right. You're I right. mean, theoretically, in real life, your muscles would probably just atrophy, and you wouldn't be able to. Stand. But he's just, yeah, he's just like a puddle of himself. He's like, ooh, this guy's not gonna be able to save anybody. Um, but yeah, Rayru tells you of your destiny. Uh, it has been seven years. You've been in this in this kind of uh, sleep for seven years. And what you need to do now is go and rescue all of the sages in, in their in their designated temples, of course, <laughs> to, <laughs> to help you uh, seal away Ganondorf. So that's that's your, your now your mission is to go to these temples, get their medallions, and defeat Ganondorf. Um, after he Rayru, this old man, white dude of light, gives you his little speech, you end up back into the Temple of Time seven years later, and a mysterious character shows up is a sheik sheik is the last surviving uh sheikah which is a tribe of of people that protected i think the royal family isn't that uh, to say isn't that what impa was yeah yeah yes. impa was a sheikah but impa seven years later i guess didn't make it r.i.p poor one out for uh impa uh yeah impa was part of the sheikah clan and now there's this another character named sheik which you know Come was on. a leap. Come on. Sheik and Sheikah. <laughs> uh, Sheik. Hey, she's the last one, man. <laughs> yeah. Sheik. Uh, he tells you that you need to go to these temples and he just kind of reiterates what the other sage was telling you. But the, the first you need to go to the forest temple. The forest temple and rescuing the forest stage is kind of the first step. But you're missing something that is a, is a key component to getting into that temple. Um. And I don't, I don't remember, maybe Ben Grimmer. I think she says something about like, hey, maybe you should go check out Kakariko Village or or they hint at something like that. Or I he, think, yeah. He, I, think, or he, <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's Navi who says Yeah, that. Navi's like, hey, maybe you should check out Kakariko Village. Yeah, because you get outside and like um, the whole atmosphere of Hyrule has changed oh, like, yeah, massively. It's, it's, it's very dark and ominous. The once lively and energetic, playful town of, of Castletown. <laughs> You're hitting on the town. <laughs> yes, uh, is now this dark, demolished, broken city, and all of the Those towns barren hot dog people, <laughs> just zombies. <laughs> all the townsfolk have now turned into zombies, or this game calls them redeads. Uh, 
It's just like a bad translation. That feels like some bad, bad translation. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they're called. They're called Reddeads. <laughs> I know they're called Reddeads, but I just I'm curious as to what they're called in in the Japanese version. I'm gonna look that up while you're talking. Sorry, <laughs> they're probably making zombies. They were like, um, and I remember as a kid these things being terrifying because if you go up, it's to them, the scream. Yeah, and they face you. They 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 let out this blood curdling scream, and then like j- j- jump on you and it, do this weird like hump motion, and they suck your life away. And it's like I don't want that. I don't want a zom- zombie humping my torso. That doesn't sound fun. You don't know a good time. Yeah, that's, that's how people get their rocks off in uh, Ganondorf. So, a lot has changed in seven years. <laughs> Link's not up with the times. He's like, I don't know if I'm comfortable with this. They because they kind of when you get too close to them, they they let out. Um, that kind of blood curdling scream and link freezes. Yeah. And if you're too you, close, you they grab you, right? Which yeah, is where the yeah, sun song you. comes in handy. Mm, I don't know the sun song. <laughs> ah, the sun song freezes all re-deads in the area. Well, yeah, if you want to like play on easy mode, then I guess you could. Like... <laughs> if you don't want to get violated by a you don't want to get, get, get humped by a zombie, then I guess you could do that. But this is a sex-positive podcast. Oh my god, so stop. <laughs> anyway, you exit the town. Yes, uh, you exit the town and head to Kakariko Village and and go to the graveyard. I don't, again, I don't know if there's a, someone telling you or Nabi telling you that, like, maybe you should check out the graveyard, but that's that's the next step where you have to go. Um, there's no mention of it at all. Yeah, I was trying to remember, like, because I, I mean, obviously, I was like, oh, you go to the graveyard next and you do the thing to get this new item but i don't i don't remember seeing any kind of dialogue that referenced like after you go to kakariko village maybe you should go to the graveyard yeah i don't there was literally uh i can't like maybe it was chic mentions it i don't remember maybe. a very obvious reference to it so, um should mention that before any of this happens you can get dense fire Oh yes, we did not. I uh, could not. <laughs> yeah, I uh, eventually you get to go back and be a child, uh, and that's when I got dense fire. But in the walkthrough, it recommends getting dense fire before you go into <laughs> the future because you can't get it once you're in the future. So. Yeah. Yeah, it turns out it actually would have been quite useful in the forest temple. So. Yeah, there's a lot of there's just a lot to, of parts where I was like, wow, I really we're could coming have up used on this. the next part, which it would have been useful, but you know, <laughs> just maybe. Uh, um yes so you're in kakarika village you have to go to the graveyard and you have to pull back one of the headstones which reveals kind of this underground cave and dungeon and you're into a character named damp dampe damp dampy dampy i don't know how to say his name i don't say it out loud dampe and he's just like hey <laughs> he really is. I, I put it in my notes here. I say like, he tosses little fire at you. Like, hey, you, you want to race? He's like, hey, I might have this useful item for you. If you race me, I'll give you something cool. And then he's like tossing fireballs at you, and you're like, bro, do you not want the world saved? Because I got an agenda. Clearly, right now. you don't know how ghost racing works. Apparently not. If you would have had Din's fire, you could have participated, <laughs> but you never got that. Uh, yeah. So you have to do. So Dampe is this little, he's this little hunched over old man ghost that floats through the air. And essentially to get the item that you need, which is the hookshot, you have to race him through this kind of maze corridor and follow him to the very end. 
But all while you, you're doing that, he's a little faster than you. So he's, you know, a couple, I guess, feet ahead of you. And he'll just toss like fireballs at you. And if you get hit by the fireballs, it just like completely stops your momentum and knocks you on the ground. And then you have to try to keep up with him in this maze. And if you get lost and the door is shut, you have to start all over again. Uh, how many times did you do this, Ben? <laughs> I got lucky and I did it first time. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, just first time. Sheer, sheer luck. Um, just because I was looking at the walkthrough and it was like, he throws fire at you. <clears throat> so I managed to keep enough distance that I could see where he was throwing the fire and avoid right. it beforehand. Um, you can't... Because, I mean, if you didn't do that, my instinct would have been to run underneath him or, like, very, very close. Um, right. Well, he kind I mean, of... He would have... Yeah, in the you. beginning, he talks about a race, but essentially it's not a, it's not not a, race. a race. You just have to get there before, I guess, this indistinguishable amount of time runs out like you don't have to beat him to that area which yeah. i think yeah. you just have to get to the area which i think yeah, confuse yeah. a lot of people trying to like run ahead of him and it's like no, you also can get hit with fire quite a few times i think you got hit like four times well, when you're running my issue was like around the corners so like i would turn a corner and you would yeah. like toss a secret fire at me i'm like god god damn it dampe dampy el dampe <laughs> el dampe el dampe but yeah it's, uh, it's yeah it confused me because when they said race I got there maybe a second and a half after he did. Like, I was close behind, right. but I wasn't before him. And I was like, oh, fucking goddamn, I'm going to have to do it all again. And he was like, yeah, you won. Here's a chest. And I was like, wait, You're well. like, that's not how races work, bro. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. You've been in this this corridor for too long. You are very He, he old. just wanted a friend. He's like, please, somebody. Yeah, no one's come and raced with him for seven years. And he was like, you know what, fucking, just, just take it. Just take it. I'll, I'll give you the win this time. You've you've done enough for me. You've you've given me friendship. And for getting there, you get the rare item, the hookshot. Yes, the hookshot. Which uh, Ben, you had referenced that in this next dungeon, it's pretty OP. And I was like, I didn't use the hookshot very much. And I had been, I looked at uh, like a walkthrough of it, and this person was using the hookshot like a lot to fight. Oh my god, the, the hookshot is fucking OP. You know the big sculptures <laughs> that come from the sea. Oh yeah, no, those they use it. It's a one hit kill. One hit kill, and the the skulls I forget their names. The skulls are on fire. The the gold oh oh the oh gold, they're the called like flappy I looked it up. They're called blue bubbles. That's it. Yes, blue bubbles. Um, that stuns them. It does, make, it does make sense because in Zelda two, remember there's like the blue and red bubbles. So I think that's supposed to be an adaptation from the uh, earlier games. It's just okay. that now we can actually see them in their skulls, them. and you're like, wait a minute, bubble blue. Yeah, but it, it stuns anyway. them, and any any enemy that you hit with the hookshot gets stunned for a second or two. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so it's it's super useful, man. Super useful. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Dampe gives you the hookshot. Now you have to venture towards the Lost Woods to go into the Forest Temple. Uh, before that, before you leave the um, Dampe's little dungeon, there's like these weird blocks. <coughs> Excuse me. There's these weird blocks, and th there's like no explanation for these at all. It's just like, hey, play the song of time, and they'll disappear. Why they're there? Because... Yeah, I didn't understand that. They're just there. It doesn't ever like explain it either. No, because you 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 get there, and then Navi's like, oh, hey, isn't that the same symbol from the Temple of Time? So you put two and two together, and you're um, like, yeah, song. But time. yeah, they're. There's just kind of there's a few of them dotted about in the forest temple, yeah. I think, as well. 
Yeah, as you, as you progress, there's there's more of these weird blocks that are blocking entrances, just for no reason. I guess it's like I don't know another level of puzzle. I guess you can call that a puzzle, right? Not really. But... Play the song of the block. <laughs> uh, but after you go there, they you end up uh, popping out in the windmill in Kakariko Village, and the the bald old man is there with this weird like I don't even know what to call that instrument. It's like a I thought like he was jacking off at first. <laughs> just like moving, well, like, yeah, because he's like, it's like a music box with like a big like tuba head at the top, but he's cranking it as well. Do, do you know yeah, what it looks like? It looks, like, it looks a... yeah, it looks like like an accordion, but he's cranking something instead of moving it. And then there's like this gramophone horn over his head to play the music <laughs> loud. But when he's at an angle, it just looks like he's furiously masturbating in the corner of this windmill. I mean, when you live alone in a windmill, what else are you going to do with your time? Yeah, you can't open <laughs> the door because of all the re-deads. And, like... Yeah, exactly. you got to stay in there, all the re-dead zombies are there. you got, you got, you got to pass time somehow. I guess I'll bash uh, you. talk to him, and it, it's interesting because this will come into play later. I don't know if you read his dialogue, but he's upset, and he's angry. He's like, oh... That little kid seven years ago played that song, and I'm stuck doing this. And he was very angry at the kid. And if you open up your ocarina, he teaches you the Song of Storms. Um, but which doesn't make kid. sense in itself. But yeah, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't at all. It makes he's sense like he, he he like you're standing there, and he's like, oh, this kid. And it, it's very obvious that seven years, but you have to go back and do something and play this song, and something's going to yeah. happen. Um, but he's just kind of like you. You lock onto him and you pull out your ocarina and he's like, oh, you have an ocarina just like that kid used to? I might as well teach you the song. It's like, wait, what? It's the same color. Is that, isn't that, is that his initials engraved on the back? <laughs> Are you that kid? No, no, no. You're way too tall and adult. Like, you couldn't be that kid, even though it's been seven years. <laughs> just as a side note, Link's clothes shouldn't fit him either. I've just realized. <laughs> I'd, I'd love a version of Ocarina of Time where Link just has like a crop top and really short, tight shorts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Rauru's just uh, stripping you down and uh, slowly knitting clothes for you in the yeah, seven years. We were, we were unconscious, so who knows what Rauru was doing with our body? Yeah, right? I mean, so he, he knew he knew seven four. years, so he was like, Do you know what? I might as well nick the man, knit the man a tunic. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's the I, least I could do. It's the least I could do. I kept him in here. Um, but yeah, you learn the Song of Storms for some reason, and you leave, and you have to head towards uh, uh, Kokiri Forest and the Lost Woods. So you head back into Kokiri Forest, and it's all of the villagers that were in there are gone, and there's enemies all running amok, little uh, piranha plants, which I always forget what their names are. They're called piranha plants. The little Deku shrubs and everything, and you kind of fight them to make your way into the... Uh, Lost Woods, you go back to the uh, what's it called the meadow maze that you that you were at before when you talked to Saria. Uh, except this time, instead of little Deku shrubs, there's these giant, weird, like dog centaur creatures. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what they're called. Centaur there was the horse. there was the name for them in the walkthrough. One sec. Oh, what do they call them? Uh, one second. Here we go, guys. On, they on, have spears. That's on, really the key. On air. Uh, Googling. Googling that's happening here. Uh, yeah, they have spears. Thing. And what? So while you guys Google, I'll, I'll fill the void and kind of describe them. So the metal maze is essentially a maze. And as you turn the corners, if these big centaurs see you, they'll charge at you with their spear and knock you back into the water. So what you have to do is kind of either, if you can catch them walking away from you and throw bombs at them, you can kill them. Okay. Um, or you kind of have to... Sorry, sorry, you was talking gone. 
No, go. For, uh, yeah. Well, I was just going to say to beat them another way other than throwing bombs is you could just either peek out and then have them charge past you and then run past them. That's the other way to defeat them or just move past them. But what what, what are they called? Or hook shot them. Oh, you can hook shot them. Oh, I did. I was just when they when they out. turn around, you hook shot uh-huh. them from the back, and it's a one shot kill. Mm-hmm. Um, moblins, well, which I believe are the creatures from Breath of the Wild. No, they're called moblins. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, um, yeah, that is from Breath of the Wild. I mean, and, there's, the, there's, and there's... the plants in Zelda are literally called piranha plants, and they're based oh, they're, they're directly based on the piranha plants of the Mario series from Super Mario. Right, right. I was right. Ha, I know. I know some things. But yeah, you get through this maze and there's probably like three or four of them that you have to kind of dodge and weave or shoot. The, that is much cooler than they look like in the game. <laughs> they have like weird like bulldog faces. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're but they're like 20 foot tall. They're massive. Oh yeah. They're huge. And they may, again, just like the redids, maybe not as blood curdling, but they let out this big roar as they're charging at you and they stab you with their spear. And there is no time. Water. Yeah, there's no, no time to react from that from that charge. At no, all. once you once you hear that noise, you're just like, "Well, I'm going to get stabbed with a spear," and you just kind of <laughs> let it happen. Uh, but you get through the maze, and at the end of the maze, there's a staircase, and you go to the top of the staircase. And Ben, you already said that these things were twenty feet tall. There's an even larger one that has this like giant hammer, and he's hitting oh, the yeah. floor, and having like little like earth shock waves come towards you. So you're gonna have to like dodge left and right to avoid the shockwaves, and I don't know if there's a way to kill him. I kind of just ran past him once I got close enough. Oh, I was just... I bombed him. Oh, gotcha. Is it one hit? No, it was not. It was uh, a good four or five. <laughs> if I'd mm-hmm. hook him, maybe it would have been different. But... Did you... Did he, like, after you hit him, he hit you and knocked you back, and you had to kind of do that, that dance back and forth a couple times? Uh, so it, it kind of got to the, to the point where I had to time it. So, so what I did was I... I locked, I like sort of Z targeted and was facing towards him and then was sidestepping over each of the shockwaves. Um, and so I had to time, I had pressed the button for the bomb and Link's holding it over his head. And then I'd wait for the bomb to be ready to nearly explode. And then I'd throw it over him and have to keep hopping backwards and forwards. It was nonstop movement. It was a pain in the ass. I didn't know you could uh, just go yeah, past for- him. Yeah, yeah, for future <laughs> references, uh, if you get close enough, you can just run past it and then walk up the stairs and you're fine. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you move past the giant evil centaur man and you get up to the area that's right in front of the forest temple where Saria had taught you uh, her song back in the day, seven years ago to be exact. That pop in um, banner. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Sheik shows up again. And she tell she teaches you the song I, I the the minutes the minute menu of the forest minuet the menu <laughs> minuet no fucking words are hard it's minuet. French man like I think yeah exactly I don't know French words I think <laughs> Jesus <laughs> anyway you learn a song <laughs> you, you learn a song and essentially the song is just to teleport you back to the forest temple so if you leave for any reason or you need to go back can play the song and it immediately teleports you back to the entrance of the forest temple uh and if you don't catch on you get one of those for each temple so it just gives you kind of easy access to teleport back and forth through these temples um after you get that you use the hook shot to there's a couple trees in front of the area use the hook shot to get to a higher location which is where the entrance to the forest temple is yay forest temple 
Ben, what is what is your kind of overall feelings of the Forest Temple? How did you feel about it? I feel like the Forest Temple was the first kind of temple that we've played that had a good mix of being simple but challenging. Yeah, um, I agree. It's, it's one of those fins where you kind of know the general direction you're supposed to go because everything else is locked off. Um, right. But at, at the same point, you don't know where you need to go. You kind of know, I need to go in this general direction. Um, but then the game is very much like, yeah, kind of work out what in this area you need to do to progress. Yeah. Um, this is kind of the first, uh, in the just verbiage and phrasing of these, like the first three are kind of referred to dungeons. And then these ones are referred to as temples going forward. And the temples are larger. They're they're more sprawling. There's more puzzles in them. This is where we get the first introduction to kind of keys. So like Ben, you had stated, there's, uh, sections that are blocked off either by obstacles or by locked doors or by bars and you have to figure out how to get keys to unlock these areas and to progress through this dungeon um, yeah but immediately when you walk into the forest temple these there's kind of this this open i don't know um like it's a foyer. Big room. <laughs> yeah this big this big area here that has uh these pillars, these four kind of torches, and then this big like pillar in the middle. Uh, and these four torches turn into pose, these four little ghosts, and they split off in four different directions. So you kind of get the sense of like, okay, I have to go into each one of these areas and defeat these ghosts, essentially. Um, and this is kind of the start of, at least with this dungeon, if you're not following the walkthrough, you can easily do a lot of backtracking because there's kind of like specific keys that you have to get yeah. for certain doors. And if you miss those keys, then you're going to have to do a lot of backtracking back to get them, which is exactly what I did because I didn't look at the walkthrough. <laughs> and I got to a locked door and I was like, shit, I'm out of keys. Like, what am I supposed to do now? And I look and it's like, oh, when you first got here, you were supposed to get another key. And I'm like, God, fuck. And yeah, I go all the way there's, back. yeah, there's one really random key that is, yeah. so you go up a tree to get to the entrance and then there's another tree that you have to go up and there's a chest opposite you have to hook shot to to get the small key yeah um, and that's the one i always miss because that's that's before you even enter enter really the, the forest temple itself like before you enter the door to go into the forest temple yeah exactly you're not even in there yet so you don't think to look for anything yeah screw you forest temple and your dumbass keys <laughs> Sorry, it's, that was, that was very aggressive that was more aggressive than it needed to be. it um <laughs> It was. I, I liked it. I liked this temple overall. Um, I remember messaging you, and I was like, uh, "I'm kind of concerned that the hookshot is the main weapon for this temple." And you were like, "Yeah, it's not. No, like." It, and then we got the bow later on. You get the yeah. fairy bow. Um, and I actually. So, sort of the pose are these kind of. They're not just ghosts. They're almost like poltergeists in the sense that they kind of deceive and they're like mischievous yeah um yeah. and you after you kind of do some stuff and you gain access to the four areas that they went off to um they you find that they're you can you can hear them laughing in the corridors on the stairs and when you look they're in the paintings mm. and you have to shoot the paintings with the fairy bow that you just got 
And once you right. destroy them, there's like a little battle against them. And once you defeat them, they kind of relight the torch in the main room. Right. But before um, you even get the fairy bow, it's 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 still like, well, what am I supposed to do? Because when you get close to these paintings, uh, there's probably about three or four that are in each of these areas. And they will tell, if you get too close to them, they will teleport to a different painting. So oh, yeah. So move back yeah. and forth to various paintings to uh, kind of avoid you getting close to them. Uh, and obviously, once later on, you get the fairy bow, that solves that problem because you could just shoot them from a distance and then... A lot of painting, shooting. Yeah, there's, I mean, a, lot of, there's a lot of painting is really, kind of the really theme. Really, like that me- mechanic. They were like... Yeah. Let's roll with it. <laughs> let's just, let's do it. Um, I wanted to talk about yeah, briefly... So, sorry, I was oh, wanted to it. talk briefly about... Um, I can't remember the name of the enemies. I did look it up, but there's like in the in skull, this, the, yeah the the big skull warrior creatures. Yeah, they're called Stolfos. Stolfos. That was the first time in this entire game that I actually felt like I was having a sword fight. Yeah, um, and uh, so there, there's there's a section that you get to where you open you go into an area and there's a room with a giant hole in the middle of it. Uh, and you fight one of these Stolfos, and the Stolfos, I mean, it's it's a hole. Like, you could fall through it, but the Stolfos can rock right, right over this this. Oh, hole I thought that floor. was a bug. I'm glad that it wasn't just me. <laughs> You're just like, what? why am I the only getting this? I um, thought I thought it hadn't rendered a part of the hole in the middle of the floor for some reason. You get a secret view to nope, the No, that floor. would actually make sense. Yeah, they can no. just hover. They can just, they can just walk over it. And it sucks because, like, you'll, like... Uh, be walking you, you'll lock onto them and you'll be kind of doing this little dance of like okay when are you going to slash and then i'll like fall into the hole and be grabbing on i'm like god damn it yeah yeah they climb kind back of, up and fight these things again yeah to, to understand why why it's such a good um combat like such a good fight with them is because they are kind of these like giant skeletons with shields and swords and they very once you lock onto them there's kind of this like circle of death as you kind of circle one another and see who's going to attack first you have to wait Mm -hmm. for them to finish attacking and get the window of opportunity to attack them um and that was the first time when i was like oh yeah this is not just like some hack and slash like there is actually moments of this game where i have to yeah we have like shield block dodge yeah definitely it is it is interesting though, because in that section that I was referring to with the hole in the the ground, you fight just one Stolfo, and after you beat one, kind of the a, a pillar from the ce- ceiling comes down and fills the hole, and then you have to fight two of them. Yes, um, yeah. And it's interesting that they don't, at least in my experience, they didn't attack me together. You know, I'd fight one, and the other one would kind of just chill back and wait for yeah. me to fight one of them, and then the other one would come in afterward. That is a good point, actually. Yeah. I mean, that's how I think. It's probably the programming of it because yeah. it's the same thing with the Lizolfos, like the lizards. When you fight them in the other temple, yeah, they fight you one they, at a time. One will stand, and then one will like jump towards you, and then no, they'll switch just, off. It's honorable, man. It's, it's the correct way to solve it. Like, <laughs> just one on one. Like we we know we we'll, we'll just give you that one battle. We want to attack you both at the same time. <laughs> That's not fair. Uh, I died a lot. <laughs> during this I'm, I'm calling this section a mini boss because of how much i died that i feel like i have to call it a mini boss see I, I, didn't, died a lot I didn't die a lot in this temple but i did get dragged out by the fucking hand creatures <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's the that's the other new enemy that you run into in the forest temple they're called wall masters so essentially you'll go into a room and navi will be like hey like just just heads up 
But there's some enemies that are on the ceiling, and if you see the little shadow below you, that means they're going to attack you, like, just letting you know. What she doesn't tell you is if they do grab you, they bring you all the way to the very beginning of the dungeon, which is yeah. so annoying. They literally throw, like, they like Uncle Phil from Fresh Prince style, throw you out the door, <laughs> and you have to work your way back through. That's awesome. I love what that. A, I love what that. a specific. I love the Fresh Prince <laughs> reference. That's great. It's it's just it's just this image of like the hand picking Link up, like <laughs> Uncle Phil picks up Jazz and just. <laughs> Fuck off, get awesome, out the man. door. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, no, the Wallmasters didn't give me too much trouble, but those were one of the, the enemies that I really remember. So I was like, oh yeah, when I see the shadow, avoid it, kill them. And that's 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 good. I don't have to worry about it. I think like once or twice I got sucked up because I was distracted. I, I never managed to actually see the shadows. <laughs> I don't know if I was just not looking oh, for them properly. Really? Just the... The, the ROM doesn't have the shadows loaded in. <laughs> yeah, so essentially, like, when you're walking around, you have your own shadow, and if you look, it gets significantly larger. Like, it's noticeable. Like, it gets significantly larger underneath you, and then right before you, like, roll away, and it'll stay in the area where it was, and then it'll, it'll land in that area. Um, yeah, it's, like, it's like it's pretty much, like, obvious. Like, it's like hey. <laughs> All right, Jared, fucking these- hell. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty obvious. <laughs> Only idiots would you get attacked by the blind. wall. Yeah, uh, no, maybe. I'm literally while in the dungeon, we were saying that it this dungeon looks like if you needed glasses but didn't have your glasses on. That's how blurry most of the things in this dungeon are. So really but, yeah, <laughs> it is a bit. It is a bit hit and miss. There's a really interesting mechanic in this dungeon though with that twisting hallway. Yeah, that's like, a, that always suck. It was interesting, so but it was so fucking annoying. <laughs> when it's also like, if, when you first run into it, it's, it's very disorienting, and walking through it, you're just like, okay, I'm nauseous, I'm gonna barf, I can't walk through any more of these twisted hallways. Yeah, because it's not like, it's kind of like between the entrance and the exit, it just kind of right. loops in a spiral shape, it's very, yeah. yeah. It's, it's an but interesting cool choice. <laughs> yeah, but what's cool about the two, aside from just like, as you walk through it, your character will, sh- or the camera will shift kind of with the twist of the uh, of the hallway, but you can shoot little eyeballs on the wall, and that'll readjust the hallways to being straight, but that also changes the orientation of the room afterward, so you kind of have to kind of change these rooms and change it back from being straight and twisted to get to different sections of the Force Temple, which I think was a really cool mechanic. Yeah, It was, yeah. Um, this is... I actually I did quite enjoy this temple. Um, the puzzles, yeah. the puzzles are quite nice, especially the puzzles with the um, you know the block pushing with the arrows on the floor, um, and you have yeah. to like push the block and then go around the corner and walk up the ladder and you, you kind yeah, of have push to work out. Yeah, yeah, it's it's um, it was challenging, but it wasn't challenging to the point where I was like, okay, fuck this, I need to read the walkthrough. <laughs> Well, yeah, like like I was saying earlier, I think that these dungeons and the you know bosses that are attached to them have a good progression in difficulty. You know, the first two, at least for me, were pretty simple, and then uh, inside Jabu Jabu was a little more challenging. And then as you continue going, these dungeons and temples get a lot more complicated with various keys you have to open, and just the the temple itself being significantly larger than the rest of them than the other three we've done so far. Oh, yeah, it was definitely um, 
it was definitely a step up in terms of scale. Oh yeah. But after you kill uh, at least two of the Poes, the I think the red and the blue Poe are pretty much the same. With uh, when you're referring to the paintings, you shoot the paintings; they come out of the paintings, and then you kind of you can you can just kill them normally. Or you just hookshot them over and over again. Yeah, I didn't realize. Did you use the hookshot, or did you use the bow to kill the pose, or did you just like slash at them? Uh, no, I was using the bow. Yeah. I used the so bow. I found out I was walking out, watching a walkthrough, and someone was using the hookshot. And when you use the hookshot, it like grabs them and pulls them towards you. But it kind of doesn't have that that animation where they disappear, so it, it allows you to hookshot them again and just continuously hit them, and you can kill them in like four hits very quickly. Oh wow! What the hell, really? Yeah, no, I was shooting them with an arrow, and then and then they'll disappear, and then they'll do like this spin move, and they'll try to hit you with their torch that they have, and then they'll kind of reappear, and you can shoot them again. You kind of go through that a couple times, but if you use the hookshot, it's just kind of like instant. You grab them, you hit them. You grab them, hit them, and you do that like three or four times. So your theory that the hookshot is OP is uh, yeah, even correct. further back down. You're right. <laughs> That's crazy. Okay. Yeah. Um, but the third Poe in this, which is the green Poe, is an actual puzzle. Like you literally are putting pieces together and, and creating a puzzle. So you walk into a room and there's kind of this giant painting on the left wall of the green Poe. And you think, okay, well, I've shot at paintings before. I'll shoot at this one. And you shoot at it. And it drops these five large blocks onto the ground. They all have various pictures on them. And you have to shift them around to make them make a picture of the green Poe. And then the green Poe will appear. Uh, I did this way too many times. I did this puzzle <laughs> a lot of times that I'm, I'm ashamed to admit. Because I kept... It, the, the issue is it's timed. So they give you a minute to put these pieces together. And I'm like panicking. I'm like, I don't have that much time to put all these pieces together. And I, I keep running out of time and you have to do them over and Jared over. Jared has again. facial blindness. So I don't he even can't <laughs> actually put pictures together despite his art degree. Uh, it's just, it's, yeah, it was, it was interesting because it kind of relies on the mechanic of Link physically pushing these blocks into the place. Yeah, they're huge. They're like taller than Link. These giant block puzzle they're, pieces. They're a similar size to the what Ben was talking about earlier with the arrows. And yeah, moving, moving yeah, the yeah they're about that size. Yeah, but it's just it's because they don't fall in a specific pattern. And if you foul, nope. they flip over and they change what they are. So there might be one at the bottom that needs to be pushed all the way up to the top, and then one at the side needs to be moved to the other side, and it's just pure random luck. I think I, yeah, I think it I took me two attempts. Can, like, yeah, because you get if you fail one, you might get a configuration that's like, oh, it's perfect. Like I just have to move a couple of these here, or you'll get one like you said where everything is the wrong direction. Right, everything is the wrong direction. Like the one at the top is all the way at the bottom, and you have to move blocks around and up to get there. And yeah, that's exactly yeah, what I would happened say, like, to me. Like the, Five the or did, six times. Wow! No, I got I got super lucky. I failed the first time, and then the second time, all I had to do was push a block from the middle up a couple of spaces and drag one over, and I was done. It took me like twenty seconds. Yeah. It was just pure luck. Really, really taking a temple puzzle literally. <laughs> I know, like literally <laughs> temple puzzle, actual puzzle. <laughs> uh, but yeah, after that, uh, if you complete the puzzle, the green pole will appear, and then you have the chance to fight it and you kill it. Um, one thing that we didn't mention before is after, I think after you defeat the Red Poe, you have the ability to get the boss key. And the boss key is a new introduction to this, these temples where there's not only smaller keys that give you access to other parts of the temple, you're going to need a final key to get into the room to fight the boss. 
so that this the forest temple introduces that mechanic which will be used going forward in all the other temples yeah it was it's interesting because there's kind of this big beacon where it's like hey you need to go here so it, it does help kind of show you where the end goal is which was nice right right and in the forest temple i think it's much more obvious and easy to get the boss key going going forward with the other temples the boss key is is well hidden like you have to go through a lot of steps to even get to the boss key you you kind of run into it early on in this temple you just don't get access to it until a little bit later well yeah because it's in it's at the end of that twisted hallway and you have to right which um, is like right in the beginning that you run into you're just like oh there's this big blue and yellow chest but i can't really get to it yet. yeah because it's, it's on like the side it's like one of those um illusion paintings where the stairs look like right. they're going up and to the side at the same time um it's right, kind of right. on the side of the wall so you have to wait until later on in the dungeon when you're when you're um you've managed to turn right, it around right, and you get room. it yeah yeah so after you beat the green poe sister you move back and you enter a door that leads you to the main room that you were in the beginning <clears throat> and this is where the final poe sister is and the mechanic with her is you get close to her and she splits into four kind of, you know, clones of herself. And essentially you just have to figure out which one is the real one and then hit that two or three times. And they make it real easy because when you split up into four, one of them spins. And then that's the one that you have to attack. I love that you said they made it real easy because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't call on to that at first. Um, oh, no. So what I, what I did was she split into four. And I was right. trying to see if I could work out which one it was, and I couldn't. So I used the spin attack, um, and mm. that got rid Does of the three work? fake ones. But it didn't uh. hit her. I thought, oh, it will hit her. But it didn't hit her. So after the spin attack, I had to Z-target, try and get the arrow on her. But it was taking too long between destroying the clones and right, targeting right. her. So she kept disappearing. And that's when I looked in the walkthrough and they were like, oh yeah, the real one spins. And then after that, it was a piece of piss. And you're like, well, fuck, okay. Yeah, yeah. If, you, if, you, if you wait there long enough, one of them just like does a little dance and you're like, okay, that's the real one. And then that's the one you attack. Yeah, and, and it's only like three or four arrows. <laughs> yeah, you so. probably shouldn't spin or do anything that make, makes it obvious that you're the real one. It's, it's confidence. It's overconfidence. She knew. <laughs> <laughs> you can't get me. Ah, shit. Okay. <laughs> Um, but killing the fourth Poe unlocks the uh, a little elevator that brings you down to where the or where the hallway is, where the room is to get to the boss room. <laughs> Three different ways to say the same thing. Whatever <laughs> to get to uh, the boss. And this is there's an also interesting puzzle after that. You're in a room that has kind of these I don't know like different colored like white and red shapes that are on the floor and two big kind of like pillars that are sticking out. And you push the pillars to rotate the room. And... This room annoyed the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you rotate the room. There's like a, there's an entrance like in front of you, and there's an and there's a there's a hallway behind you. And essentially, you have to rotate the room to try to get it to match up to the the, the hallways that you need to get to. Yeah. But the thing is, uh, in yeah, 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 in so I mean, I tried to work out what to do, and I couldn't for the life of me. And then I I realized that you could grab hold of those pillars. So I was like, okay, maybe I can pull Uh, them or something. But 
I wasn't holding. You have to hold it for a certain amount of time before Link pushes it and it spins the broom. Right, the second that I right before like actual pushes, actually yeah. pushes. But in the walkthrough, they make it seem so easy. They're like, oh yeah, if you walk up, grab it, turn it counterclockwise, and then it's just like press the switch, turn, press the switch, turn, press the switch, turn into the room. But I mean, yeah, Ben, it's that it's that easy. I can't believe you didn't figure it out. If you, <laughs> If you don't know that, you're just kind of trying to push these things because you have to push it the right way. <clears throat> if you push it counterclockwise, it's very simple. But if you push right. it the other way, it becomes this kind of big tedious it, task. It makes it makes things really complicated. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so when you when you're pushing the the rotating room, uh, I think three three buttons will appear, yeah, and, and pushing those three buttons will open the entrance to the boss room, and. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm dying. Um, and this, oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. Anyway. He knows what we're, he knows what we're gonna talk about, and he's like, okay. Oh, yeah, I, I know what we're talking about. I'm, I'm dreading it. There's a there is a gallery of sorts, a, a a art museum, if you would, that you enter. And then you have to try to leave it for things to activate, because that makes sense. Yeah. Did you did you catch on to that, Ben? That you have to leave the room for the Not boss? At all. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think so. It's because it's like this. It's like this kind of circle auditorium place. So you come up one set of right. stairs, and there's a a circle platform of sorts in the middle, with like five or six paintings on the wall, and they're all the same. And you're looking around, and you're like, okay, I'll shoot the paintings, I guess, because that's been the theme <laughs> of this dungeon. Like that's, nothing that's happens. And then I was like, well, I can't go back the way I came, so let me go the way, the opposite way. Um, and that's when it kind of initiates the, the whole boss battle. I wonder how many people walk in there and they're like, oh, they're like, there's one that's different, and I have to shoot that one. And they, they just spend their whole like, time just Like an staring. hour just staring at those same I mean, it wasn't paintings. A, it wasn't an hour, but I can confirm I was one of those people. <laughs> 45 minutes, a half hour, maybe. 56 minutes, you know. Uh... Yeah, no, like when I when I walked in there, obviously playing it, I'm like, cool, you walk in, you, you instantly turn around and the <laughs> gates open up. But I can see if you've never played that, most people would probably just be frustrated and try to leave and that's when it would open the gate. But no, it's not obvious that you have to try to leave to open, activate. It doesn't open the gate, it closes the well, gate. Well, whatever. Closes, opens the boss. Wow. It is, okay. <laughs> it is um, just to, I mean, as much as I said I like the temple, just to kind of shit on this bit a little bit, like it is very... <clears throat> strange to have this theme of of painting shooting right early on in the dungeon and then put you in an art gallery of sorts and not need to shoot the paint i mean you shoot the paintings a bit further on in the actual boss battle right but, but not, not when to you instigate it yeah the, the the initial thought would be like oh i've done this before i need to shoot these other paintings as well They're keeping you on your toes right keeping... which you do shoot the paintings because after the gate closes you are fighting the dungeon boss, which is Phantom Ganon. It's a, a little ghosty Ganon on a horse. I mean, you wouldn't know that because he just shows up as Ganon. Yeah, he's Ganon and he pulls off a mask, I guess. Or his head? Or his head? I don't yeah, know. he kind of decapitates himself and turns into like some <laughs> polygonal ghost rider esque. Yeah, it's sleeping it's hollow dude. Right. Also, like at this point in the game, if you don't know any of the other games, Ganon is attached to that horse. Oh, like yeah. he's in a building. Yeah, like he's, he's why is he riding the horse? <laughs> yeah. Only see the horse. That's actually at the bottom half of him. 
those legs on the yeah. side are just fake. And he's, he's just, just a, he's, he's just a Lionel. Yeah, he's <laughs> like so painted old. on some legs. I hope it was like it's like one of those um, you know those costumes you can get that's like the inflatable horse, and you kind of <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this makes me seem more imposing. Um, so then you, you fight the headless horseman as Ganon, <laughs> who is a ghost. Yeah, and I actually like because uh, again, this boss fight brings in the painting mechanic. Horse Ganon will run into one of the paintings, and the painting is of like a castle. And like this long dirt road that's leading up to the castle, and Ganon will like run into the painting until he disappears. And I think that's super cool. Like you see him get smaller and smaller until he kind of vanishes into the painting, um, and then he'll turn around and run towards you. Except there'll be there'll be two of them, so you have to try to decipher which Ganon is the real one. And then he'll start to jump out of the painting, and that's when you shoot him with your arrow. Yeah, which would be amazing if it didn't rely on the first-person view of this game. Yeah. yeah, And the inverter controls as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you, like, if you... All they had to do was make both of the Ganons in the picture Z-targetable. That was all they yeah, had to do. Yeah, just like Z-target them and then shoot them with the arrow. But no. There, there is a little trick to it, from what I remember. The, the fake one yeah. kind of turns around and starts to run back the other way. Or something. Yes, like he, he does something. Yeah, there's that where he does the the real one has his like purple you know glow that comes out. He's like, I'm about to jump out of this painting. And the other one runs in the opposite direction. But in the walkthrough, what it says, and I I kind of noticed this when I was playing. But if you look at both of the Phantom Ganon models, one is a lighter color, and one is a little bit darker. The lighter color Ganon is the real one. Wow. Okay. I know that's. That's... Especially when you're playing it on the Nintendo yeah, 64. Yeah, I was like, could you imagine <laughs> trying to decipher that on like a CCTV well, from 1998? Or like, just oh, now yes. when your whole view is just having astigmatism and you can't really see anything. <laughs> the uh, the it... best tactic is to just pull out the bow and rotate in circles. Yeah, pretty, and pretty much. much. Just never leave that position. Um, so yeah, you do that a couple times. You shoot Ganon as he's trying to jump out of paintings. And that's his first phase. And then he jumps off of his four horse. He actually gets off the hey, horse in this one. Yeah, you're right. Uh, floats around the room. He jumps out, out of the horse and decides to play tennis. Me. Yeah, I know. I want to love your comment that you that you said on here. Where is it? Um, essentially, you're playing tennis with him. Yeah, I was like, why am I playing tennis with Ganondorf? Yeah, why am I playing tennis with Ganondorf? He's is very he lonely. They turned all <laughs> people into redeads, and they're terrible <laughs> at tennis. Uh, and to, to elaborate on that, what he does is Ganon, Phantom Ganon, is floating above you. And what he'll do is he'll kind of launch this ball of energy towards you. And what you're supposed to do is hit it back with your sword. And then you do this kind of volley of tennis going back and forth until I guess he gets tired and decides to get hit by it. I, I don't yeah, because there's... Well, so this is kind of weird for me, right? Because there's no... I don't know of any indication that you're supposed to hit it back at him. I don't remember that being part of a mechanic early on in the game. No, there isn't. <laughs> this is the first time that it was introduced, and if you hadn't played this game before, or I mean, Tennis Ganon is, is, is very famous in the Zelda games, uh, then you would have no idea what to do with this. No, and it, and like you said, it doesn't you kind of, the, the rally of Tennis gets a bit longer each time. Um, and then it gets kind of faster, like the, the ball goes between you and Phantom yeah. Ganon much quicker. You have to hit it. You have to make sure you're timing your, your hits right. Yeah, I I noticed that I needed to be standing farther away from him because it gave me more time. When I was standing quite close, there wasn't yeah. enough time 
I knew when to hit it, but because of the animation of Link swinging his sword, because I was pressing B, which is the overhead swing, rather than right. I think if you hold direction and B, he's like horizontal slashes. Right, right. So, so I didn't think of that at the time, but I was overhead slashing, and because of the animation time, um, I was missing the energy ball and getting hit by it. Um, and one of the things actually when i was watching the walkthrough is what you do is you do get close like this is like the the trick and you use the spin attack you hold the spin attack and as like right as he's throwing the ball you spin and i guess like the because i mean the spin attack has a, has a spread of energy that goes around you that is enough to knock the ball like right into ganon and doesn't give him enough time since you're so close to hit it back to you oh wow okay yeah, I didn't think so. Like that. he he went through the he went through the Phantom Ganon fight very quickly because it's just like get hit with the orb, you slash again a couple times, and you just do that over and over again. Okay, no, I did not do that. No, but there is no there's no real rhyme or reason because it's not like he doesn't seem to miss the ball. No, he just like, decided to get hit by it. <laughs> yeah, he he doesn't even swing and miss. It's just he you hit it two or three times, and then he's just like uh hit down, and then you, just like, you just slash him with the sword, and that's it. Um, but I, I like this. I like this boss. I think the the painting mechanic is interesting, and just the 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 mechanic of him running farther into the painting and then running closer, I think, is really cool. I I did like tennis it. has been around for a while. I don't care about tennis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I did like it, but um, I feel like it's one of those fins that they were unnecessarily focused on the fact that it was the first 3D Zelda. Um, oh, yeah. And so kind of played into that, like, well, let's have him float around the room in 3D and let's have you do this volley of energy balls. And the painting mechanic, mm-hmm. I can't knock that because, you know, that is, given the fact that it was 98. Um, and, I mean, even to this day, it would still be a good mechanic to to have, I yeah. think. Um, but, yeah. There's definitely it's like in early movies when like they like really gratuitous scenes where people are just like shoving hands out into oh, the yeah. camera. That's pretty much the, the equivalent. It's the equivalent of the the tennis. Yeah. Um, but it, it, I'll kind of give you just a small hint to the, to the future. This mechanic of doing this tennis is a big part later on in the game. <laughs> She's like, just fuck. God damn it! Yeah, like it, it's it's pretty important. Okay. Uh, so once you beat uh, Phantom Ganon in tennis, then real Ganon <laughs> starts talking and is like, oh, you beat him. Okay, well, you're pretty yeah. strong. It's like a weird half compliment. And yeah. then he's like, I'm going to banish him into the space in between realms. And you're like, whoa, <laughs> like, whoa yeah. why are you going to do that? They just kind of feel bad for the guy. Yeah, you're like, oh, like, oh. I'm sorry, Phantom He's been Ganon. waiting here seven years for me to appear <laughs> just to beat him at tennis and be banished to the Shadow Realm. <laughs> oh that's awesome um but you beat phantom ganon you get your heart piece more life is always good mm-hmm. uh, and you're confronted with saria and you find out that saria is the forest sage and she gives you the forest medallion um which makes she's like we can't not much sense yeah they needed a forest sage it was kind of a last minute pick they're like you live in the forest right it's 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 weird because so i know jared you skip over the text quite a lot um but when you're reading it she talks about the fact that she awakened as the sage almost as if 
she was the she forest sage al- yeah or almost as if she was the forest sage all along but didn't know right, and right. somehow being trapped in because that's the weird thing if you play Saria son and talk to her she tells you she's trapped in the forest temple and she's like yeah. I'm, I'm stuck in the forest temple there's a bunch of monsters you need to come and save me please help um but you never actually see the real Saria in in real life. Until the end of this, yeah, until the end yeah. of this temple. And even then, you're, you're in the kind of sacred the, realm that in between space where you had slumbered for seven years. Yeah, the, she, the Chamber she, of Sages or whatever now. it's called. Right. Isn't there like a little hint to it before when you're trying to get in the Forest Temple and you have to play Saria's song to like the little boy standing outside? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you're right. Before you get into the the meadow maze, that that little kid that was blocking the entrance oh, to yeah, the great yeah. Deku trees there, he's like, "No, I'm not letting you in." And you play Saria's song, and he's like, "It's the great Deku tree." It said, "Is it in the walkthrough?" <laughs> it's the great Deku tree. Uh, so angry. <laughs> but the, the the kid is like, "Wow, only Saria's friends. Saria only taught her friends that song, so you yeah. can pass." And it's yeah, like, "Oh he, yeah, that's a hint." Of like there there is a hint to the fact it's Saria. Um, but even right. then, they're like, "Oh, she's chilling in the meadow where she normally chills." It's just yeah. eaten by a forest temple. <laughs> it's just, it's kind of weird. Um, to there's no, I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking too much into it. But for me, there was no real <laughs> rhyme and reason as to why Saria why she wasn't. was picked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, I mean, we're um, talking about a game where Link is the boy without fairy, so. Yeah, and he's went into a seven-year coma, and now he's more prepared to fight Ganon. Yeah, oddly. Plot holes, people. Um, so Saria gives you the forest medallion, and then you get teleported in front of the great Deku tree, and you you look behind you, and there's this little this little shrub, this little something, and you walk close to it, and this big round shrub pops out, and it's the Deku's throat. He's reincarnated. He's alive, people. You don't have to worry. Wipe those tears. Wipe your tears. He's still alive. Uh, a fun fact for for anybody playing this game. I don't know, Ben, if you've played The Legend of Zelda Wind Waker, which you probably hadn't because you've never played this game. Um, but the Deku Tree in The Legend of Zelda Wind Waker is this Deku Sprout. There you go, people. Oh, that's quite cool. Okay. Okay. There you go. Yeah, a bit respect for that. Ben appreciate yeah. a fun fact. You didn't care about it this morning. Yeah, I already knew that, and I don't no. really. I don't. I don't. It's not that big of a deal. That's uh, how trees work in real life. <laughs> by the way, they grow over time. <laughs> but these trees are connected. It's the same tree. Is it though? I don't know. <laughs> uh, but this little Deku sprout, and I, this is the dialogue that I actually read, and this is an important one too. Uh, sort of important. Uh, lays you <laughs> on with more dialogue and more lore. So essentially, he tells you, he's like, hey, you probably see that the Kokiri children, the, the people you have grew up with, are they have an age like you have. Well, it's because they're Kokiri, and you're actually not a Kokiri, you're a Hylian. That's why you've grown up. You're, you're a part of the Hylian race, the, the race that was close to the royal family. And then he goes into this big like speech of saying that there was this huge war that was happening in Hyrule, and essentially Link's mom was injured from battle and she went to the Kokiri forest for safety. And then she ended up dying. And the, the Kokiri raised Link as one of their own. Real dark. And I was like, that's that's super dark. It is. I'm pretty sure it's also the story to the movie Elf. Um. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> Bye, buddy. I hope you find your dad. 
but no other it's than, other than that, Link's uh, answer to to that story is not trying to locate his parents but nah, save like, the realm he's on a, on a <laughs> yeah it's it's Mom's a very dead. it's a very surreal way to be told that your 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 mum died um, yeah and i was like i remember hearing it and i was kind of like whoa shit what okay Link's just putting on a strong face he's like i'm okay everything's yeah. okay but it, um yeah, go for it. No, I'm just trying to. I'm trying to think about the law. Trying stuff. to process everything. I just found at <laughs> yeah. least mom's died. Okay, I'm not okay. Um, this game <laughs> yeah. has the worst time travel mechanic in the fact that you can only time travel back to the age you were at that time, which gives you a very short window. Because like you can't go back as an adult, so you go back as a child. Yeah, yeah I'm is. trying to work out like so. Link has this seven year slumber. Right. Why? Why did he not just? Why do you revert back to a child? Why can you not go back in time as adult Link and kill Ganon before he has the chance to? Well, and that's what I have on my notes here. A little, little further up, I said plot hole. Why not just go back and kill Ganondorf, or warn everyone what he's going to do, or go back and save your mom? You can only. There's a specific time you can only go save your forward and back. <laughs> the only thing I can think is that it's kind of maybe it messes with the timeline because like the whole point would be if he went back and stopped Ganon from doing what he did then it wouldn't have happened for him to be able to go back and stop Ganon well Ben you're gonna have fun with more later in this game because (laughs) you might be onto something is it just plot holes is it just just more plot holes yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole game is just more and more plot holes. Uh, yes, you can only go as young Link back in time. Also, like Ben, when you had sent me kind of the points of this leg that were that stood out to you, one of them was why can't Link use the Deku stick? Why why being an adult means you can't use a stick? <laughs> yeah, you, you lose access to the sticks and the fucking slingshot and just why? I'd like I'd like to think that like maybe. Like Link is like really small, and they're like kind of like really tiny sticks and boomerangs, and like they they're like huge in in adult Link's giant man hands. I don't know, man. Are you joking? Hang on, grow a couple inches. Like I don't. <laughs> Do you not remember the size of the Deku sticks when Link's holding? Oh, it was, it was enormous. It was probably as tall as they the entire size of his body. Yeah. yeah. You would think adult Link would be more qualified to have the <laughs> stick than young Link would. Yeah, it's like it's like saying like, no, you're an adult now. We can't give you a sparkler on bonfire night, but like you know, on Fourth of July or whatever. But we can give it to this seven year old over there. You know, that's that, why was, it's okay. that was a suspiciously specific uh, example. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, it, maybe it's because like over here in the UK, we have like um, so you have like bonfire night on November the fifth, and there's always um, there's always it, it's a really weird event. Um, but there's always these uh advertisements that go out about giving kids like sparklers and you know child safety and holding the sparkler at arm length and i remember yeah. seeing seeing adverts when i was a kid of like you know here's what can happen to you if you get burnt by a sparkler and <laughs> <laughs> you'll be indistinguishable as a human yeah they're, uh... they're very big on like you know if you're gonna have sparklers you need to have a bucket of water to put it out in and oh my yeah. god <laughs> the sparkler Here is indeed. just a fucking stick of like sparkling gunpowder it's not like 
I mean, and here, like, like Fourth of July for tw- in twenty twenty, we got some we got some illegal ass fireworks. Oh yeah, that are they they could take off an arm. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know. Like LA skies were just like riddled with fireworks on Fourth of July in 2020. Like it was insane. See, I have to admit, like, and I know this is Zelda podcast, well, like a gaming podcast, but um, <laughs> on podcast. on New Year's Eve one year, I took Ellie to um, a friend of mine, like a family friend. She lives in the countryside, just outside of of the county we live in, and she has there's like a farm at the end of the road she lives on. And there's a hill, and if you sit on the hill, you can literally see from east to west London, um, like the whole of the whole of London. And we sat there on New Year's Eve and just watched all of the fireworks go all the way across London as it hit midnight, um, and that was absolutely crazy. We sat inside and watched the news as uh, smoke and smog. That was already LA is already smoking and smog. <laughs> <laughs> through the it was a lot of sirens and a lot of uh loud noises and our cats were terrified so you know that's that's, (laughs) none of that in zelda though yeah i was gonna say i was gonna say zelda yeah yeah zelda so after uh this deku sprout just decides to lay on you that your mom's dead and you're not the person who you thought you were which is a lot to take in uh you head back to the temple of time and you're greeted by sheik again and sheik gives you the prelude of light which is the song that gives you the ability to warp back to the temple so now again like i said before sheik is going to start giving you songs that just makes traversing the world a lot easier um and then after like we had stated now you have the ability to put the master sword back into its pedestal and travel exactly seven years back and that's how i got dins fire because i didn't get it the first time (laughs) I'm trying to process this still. Surely when you put the Master Sword back, that closes the Sacred Realm. Yeah, technically, because Gandorf is not... He's still like normal dude. He's not like... But I guess, I guess at this point, he already has what he needs from the Sacred Realm. So yeah, it doesn't matter if it opens or shuts. Yeah. Okay, yeah, fair That's play. True. That's true. And really, yeah, exactly. And we've already opened like the door to the Master Sword with the three spiritual stones. Like that's already happened when we still go back yeah. in time too. The sword the sword was just a, a key to a chest that yeah. needed to be opened. And once it was opened, it could never be closed. Yeah, there's lots of lots of plot holes. Why can't Link just be like, yo, that man, that man's bad. You need to kill him. I mean, I'll to be fair, him. Link can't speak. He is that's a mute, so... <laughs> no, he can only act very awkward and run away but that's, from uh, but see, positive social situations. <laughs> <laughs> but see, that's not true. He's not a mute because he can still make grunting noises. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so he has the ability to speak. It sounds just like that, by the way. <laughs> that was actually spot on. That was spot on. Link, are you here with us? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's all we have for the podcast this week. It's a, it's a long one. We busted out the forest temple and inside jabu jabu two temples technically Um, a dungeon and a temple whatever dungeon temple dungeon temple and a lot of story in between those there's a lot of lore that happens um and dante's uh and fire or dampies 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 and But in the next episode, you guys, we're going to be taking on the Fire Temple. We're heading to Kakariko Village and going up to the Fire Temple. We're going to be doing the Ice Cavern and the Water Temple. So it'll be another hefty episode. 
and Ben, you get to finally, finally experience the the water temple. Are you excited? Yes, I'm. I'm. I don't know I, if I'll I will say give you excited, one hint. But... I'll give you one hint. The key situation in the forest temple is t- probably twice as infuriating and frustrating in the water temple. So I'll just I'll just let you. Uh, that's not a hint. That's not a hint. That's just that's a, just a warning. That's a warning. That's just like go. that's like turning around and saying like at some point in the next hour I am going to kick you in the balls. <laughs> that's not a hint. I'm just sad now. Yeah, that, that's a warning. The water temple is has the same frustrating key, like needing to get needing to get keys in specific orders uh, mechanic as the forest temple does. So okay. that's exciting. Uh, it'll be another long one because we are busting out two very large temples. There you go. And the ice cavern. And the ice cavern. Uh, Go follow us on social media on Instagram and Twitter at PlayAlongPod. We have social medias now. Go follow us, guys. (laughs) Oh, my God. I've been waiting. We we all have. Ben's so proud. Literally takes three minutes to set up social media. Okay, here we go. Three episodes deep. (laughs) How's that logo coming along? It's almost done. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's all we have for you guys. We'll see you next week in Cockrick Village going towards the fire temple. See you later, guys. <laughs>